Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with a very special episode of DC and Hawani. As you know, it's UFC 252 Fight Week. Our guy, Daniel Cormier, fighting this Saturday for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. This is nuts. He'll join us, as always, but then later on, he'll tag in his old pal, Funky Ben Askren himself, and he'll join me to talk about the news and notes of this past week in mixed martial arts. So we got a lot to discuss with both men. Don't go anywhere, but I'm excited about 252 this weekend. You know how excited I am that the NBA is back as well. Did you see the performances this past weekend? Damian Lillard putting up 51, all the drama between him and the Clippers. How about the Toronto Raptors doing their thing? And how about Luka Doncic with those crazy triple doubles? All in on the NBA right now and always, as you know. And that's why I can't wait to check out the newest edition of The Woj Pod, starring my man, Adrian Wojnarowski. This week, he's joined by Phoenix Sun Center, DeAndre Aiden. Speaking of Luka Doncic, Aiden talks about the team's impressive winning streak, how they're killing it in the bubble, and how they might even make the playoffs when no one thought they would. It's a great conversation. It's The Woj Pod. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. All right, time for today's program. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. life on this monday august 10 2020 hello again everyone hope you're doing well welcome back to a brand new edition of dc and helwani and as always we are presented by modelo modelo especial root for those with a fighting spirit that's dc daniel cormier i'm helwani Ariel helwani and dc i don't know if you know this but you're fighting this weekend you're up next you're fighting for the heavyweight championship. And if I could be honest, I'm getting all emotional here. This is almost surreal. Months ago, we started this journey. And now here you are just days away from fighting in your final fight ever against Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight championship of the world. I don't know what to make of all of this. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that when we started this thing, you know, I was like, I was running. I had this video of me running. And it's, you've seen it. It's an awful video. <laughs> and I could barely breathe with no idea if I was even going to get the fight. And uh, now, fast forward, you know, four months and the fight's right upon us. So it's, uh, it's, very, it's very crazy to see and think how fast time flies. Each and every Monday, you know, allow me to say this. Like, I think you have helped me. I think we have helped others. Maybe I helped you as well. Like, there were some dark times at the beginning of all of this, right? I mean, for like four months, I didn't leave my house and I'm still in my house and, and talking to you every week. And I just, it's hard for me. It's a weird thing because like for a minute there, you stopped being Daniel Cormier, the champion, the fighter, the commentator, and you were just like my co-host. And now to see everyone talking about you this week, to see you on the promos, to see the countdown, to see you doing the interview with Felder, it's like, oh my gosh, Daniel Cormier is an actual fighter and he's going to be main eventing a pay-per-view on Saturday. Yeah. And is trying like the whole thing is, is actually kind of surreal for me. Um, but enough about me because I don't want to make this all well, about it's me. It's kind of crazy though, like, right? No, but it makes sense, right? Because then you, you play different roles, right? Yeah. So like, you play different roles. And outside of this training camp or, you know, training camp pass, I'm just me. And that's, I think, who, that's who people have gotten to know a little bit better over the course of the last 
four and a half months doing the show is that we've been able to not only people get to know me better. I think they've kind of, you know, you've been on this for how long? 10 years now you've been doing this, sh this show? 11. 11 years, right? I think people see a different side of you now because now you, we're just kind of like our friendship while we talk about fights allowed people to get to know us a little bit different. And I think that that's what's happened. But ultimately, this is what I do. You know, when it's time to become a soldier, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier that goes to war. And that's what I'm excited to do on Saturday. Okay, so bring us up to speed from when we said goodbye on Monday till now. How was the last week, the trip to Vegas? How are we feeling? How are we doing? You know, last week was, last week was a tough week, honestly, if I'm being completely transparent with, with everyone. You know, um, the sparring was okay in, early in the week. Everything was okay early in the week. But as the week went on, I could feel that it had been a long one. You know, and I, I can sense that I needed to peel back a little bit. And that's what fight, fight week is. You know, it's, it's you kind of just recovering, uh, resetting, and, and getting ready to go fight because the work's done. But I was so intent on being prepared, right? Because I'm so aware of what cost me last time that I, I tried to do so much to ensure that it didn't happen again. And you can feel when it gets long, right? And 16 weeks of things, and not only 16 weeks of, of just running and, and just trying to get yourself started 16 weeks of, of actual work, you know, and, and 12 weeks of, of training camp was, was difficult, you know? So uh, by the end of the week, yeah, I was feeling pretty tired, fatigued. And I could feel that my mind was set on the fight. I was starting to go to the fight. And when that starts to happen, you realize that the work's done and now you got to start to peel back a little bit. And, and I, I'm not a guy that peels back easily. So I had some fights with my coaches during the last week, but we got through it. It wasn't the best, but we got through it. I uh, saw that photo of, of you, Luke, and Kane together again. Uh, it's been yeah. a while since we've seen you three. What, what was it like to have those two guys there with you for the final week? You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it was great, you know, because we would always call ourselves the three kings of AKA. You remember that? We were the three kings of AKA because we all had belts. 2015, at one point in that year, all three of us were champions. And uh, to see my those guys that were so – vital to my career be back in the room with me training making the sacrifices and taking the risk right of getting out of the house to come and make sure that i had what i needed for training was great and kane's been here the whole time right kane was there the whole camp luke uh, came back up to san jose for two weeks it wasn't just one week he was there for two weeks to check in and, and make sure uh everything i was doing was the right way and give me whatever work he, he could and it was it was great man you know it was as you start to round third, like you always say, as you start to kind of closing, uh, closing on the end of a chapter, uh, it's good to be surrounded by the people that were there at the very beginning. I, there was a picture that floated around the internet last week of me, Kane, Luke, and Habib, and we were just children. And now, uh, you know, I, I said that to Kane and Luke. I was like, we look so old now, you know, compared to those pictures from before. You know, we all look just so different. Even Habib, we all look so different. But we're all we're all just kind of on our way, and 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 for them to come back in and it has been great. And then also, you know, I get messages I, every day. I talk about it. I got one this morning, you know, because of the time difference. Like, I, you know, we were three kings. We're four now because Habib is is definitely uh, one of the guys like that. But you know, it was great to have my brothers. It really was very special.
And he's rocking he, that silver beard, huh? Look I love him. it. I think Kane looks great. Like yeah. I think, I think. Look at mine, man. My mine's going. It's all getting gray, but Kane started to get gray back four years ago, and now it's just. I think he's so comfortable with himself and get in front of him, man. He's still as bad as he's ever been, and he can push you. But that's also part of the reason why uh, last week was tough for me because as you get through a training camp and you're at the end, I put the toughest guys in front of me that I can find. Right? I don't want to just have guys in front of me that I can beat on and I can feel confident with, you know, I want tough guys. I want Kane in front of me. I want like Corey Anderson in front of me. I want tough guys in front of me to really push me. And um, that also makes those weeks tough. What kind of things is uh, Habib sending you like this morning? Like, what is he sending you? <laughs> uh, just a lot was like, you know, a lot of it is um, how are you? You know, how you doing? Um, how you feeling champ? Please do this, this, this. Um, I watched the fight again, you know, like, Essentially wow. doing the things that I do, you know, when he's getting ready to fight and just like, I watch it again, champ, and you can do this. You can do X, Y, Z. And then today, uh, and some joking too, you know, Habib's a funny guy, man. Like he was making, he was watching a countdown show this morning and he was watching it, watching it, watching it. And he was, we always talk about the food. Like, cause he always tells me halal meat is the best meat. Cause, and, and I, I always go like, I'm not eating it because I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what it, I, it's just the way they kill the meat, I guess, or something. But right. I'm like, don't give me no halal meat. You know, we are, you know, Khabib and I have a great relationship. And he was like, brother, I took a picture of this meat that Ron is eating. And what is this, Ron? It's not halal. <laughs> How can this guy do this, brother? It's like, he's funny, man. He tried to keep me loose and also just, just uh, checking on the fight. He's, he's, you know, congratulations on the baby. Like, Dude, he's a good dude, man. He's a really, really good dude. He just cares. You know, you're watching a guy that when you got to AKA, they were at the top and you were just kind of beginning. And now you guys are all at the same level if you haven't exceeded that. But you're watching this guy that took an investment in you early uh, go out and try to do something special on the way out. By the way, I'll admit, it's been a minute since I watched the Countdown show, but I watched it last night. You did? Watched, <laughs> made the cut. Well, yeah, we made- did. Well, you made the cut. <laughs> it was a bit of a, you know, a zoomed in cut, if you know what I'm saying. They were, they, the, the, the day they were filming made the cut, but, you know, I got, you I, got in, dog. It was, was close. It was close. I fought for you. You I did. You did. You. Now, the reality I, is that's probably going to be about as close as you'll get for a long time. <laughs> that is probably the closest you're going to get for a while. But I fought for you. I fought for you. It didn't work, though. Listen, after the fight, you go to the back. You know, unfortunately, you know, not going to be there. It sucks. And I know you're torn up about this. It's a very sore subject. But when you do that post-fight interview with Rogan, you could, you're going to give a shot. Like, will you do something? Will you do like a this? Will you do like a, a sign? <laughs> Maybe you give a plug to the show. Like, what, what is the plan? What are we thinking? I, you know, honestly, man, I haven't even thought about that. You know, okay. like, I've been asked that, like, about, like, what happens, you know? Do you take your gloves off in the octagon? Do you do this, this, and the other? I, I said, you know, I want to live in the moment. Like, I want to live in this moment to prepare for this fight. I don't want to think about what's after, you know, like, I don't want to, you know, go into the, 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 the after fight deals, you know, like, I'm not going to, I, I'm not doing that this time. Like, I'm just living in this moment. I've been trying to not look and think about what happens after I get the belt back. Like, I'm mm. just, I just want to get this one. Like this one I need to get, I, I want to win this fight so bad. And I just don't understand. Um, and, and don't think about what's what's next. You know, it's hard. But yeah, you know, I'll probably have some fun out there. But I, I don't know exactly what that's going to entail. I was just wondering, like the shout out that you were going to give me if you're going to say something about <laughs> me. You know, the show. Just yeah, like, I, I don't know about it. I, yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
Sounds like you're not, but anyway. Uh, In the countdown show, Rosendo said the last time going into the last fight, it was, you know, so much going on. You had so much, you had the wrestling team, you had the, all that stuff. This time, can you feel a difference? Like, was the, is it fair to say this training camp was, was drastically different than the last one? Yes, it was much different. It was different in the sense that this is the first time I've had a training camp like this in, in years where I had nothing outside. I didn't have all, outside circumstances to, to think about. You know, like, I was wrestling coaching. They, I had a lot of media appearances. I was still doing stuff on television. Like, I did a lot of things going into the fight that I probably should have cut back on. And, you know, the pandemic has made me take a better approach to what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm, I'm at home. I'm training. Everything's been focused on the fight. And it's allowed for me to prepare better. I, I thought Rosendo, uh, you know, I saw a couple of the clips, and he, he did a great job of explaining things because he's as close to me as anybody – is you know and the frustration that he felt was felt by everybody by javier by bob by leandro by by rudy by chris by it was everybody felt the same like you're spreading yourself too thin you need to go uh and get ready for this fight you're fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world but i'm hard-headed you know i would i would leave aka at, at 215 be home by 245 i'd lay on the couch till 315 320 then i'll drive to wrestling practice and i'd be there till 6 30 7 o'clock time to go and do my cardio so it was just too much and as much as i love the sport uh for, for this to be my final fight i needed to commit myself to it in the right way and you definitely can feel that do you think you'll get nervous this week do you think you'll get nervous on saturday i get nervous every time i get nervous every single time i fight you know i get nervous i get, I get nervous i get a tad bit scared um, i think if you if you don't have that you're not ready to to go but I think the nerves are competitive. I think that they're not me being fearful of anybody. You know, I'm not afraid of anybody. But the competitive nerves get me a little bit at times, and it's good, though. Because when they don't come, I don't feel confident going into the fight. I need them. Hmm. Do, do you feel like he's going to fight upset? He seems mad, right? Like, he said, he, like they talk about the fluke and, and, and how he doesn't like you now. And all this stuff. Are, you, are you counting on the fact that he's going to fight emotionally, that he's going to fight mad? I don't think he's going to fight mad. I think he's going to just fight. You know, I think he's going to fight. I think, I think he's got great coaches and I think that they can reel him in. I think that, I think he's, I think he's a great fighter. I think he's very tough. I think he's very durable. I think he's got great skill. Uh, I don't believe he's going to fight mad. I do believe that the mentality of the fight is a little bit skewed because if there's, saying the first fight was a fluke and the last fight just showed that he's so much better. I think it's a false sense of like reality. You know, it it wasn't a fight where um, it was so easy and he dominated me from start to finish, you know, like, I don't know. I I, kind of like that though. I kind of like the idea that it is in their minds an easier fight and it is a fight that he's supposed to win. And it's just going to be this, 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 and this, you know, it's like, I kind of enjoy that they overlook me because that's good. It's motivation. I don't know how you overlook a guy that beat you before, but I'm not looking past Stipe Miocic. I'm not going to disrespect him in any way in terms of the fight because last time I felt like I did and it cost me. But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that, uh, that uh, they feel like that. I really am. This is so rare, not only in fighting, but also in sports as well. Very, very rarely do we know – 
going into a match, going into a fight, going into a game, that this is the end for a particular athlete, right? It's so yeah. rare. Like sometimes, like even with Jordan against the Jazz, there were the rumors, but we didn't know that it was going to be the end and eventually it wasn't the end. But you know what I'm saying? John Elway, rumors, this and that. Lennox Lewis, rumors. But with you, like you have said unequivocally, this is it. And I'm just wondering, when did you, like to, to concoct a plan like this, to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world in your final fight, and, and and if it all goes well for you on Saturday, like that's just the stuff that every fighter dreams of. Do you remember yeah. the first time you thought, if I can time, because you don't always get to time it this way. You could have a retirement fight and it's like a prelim fight or the first yeah. fight on the main card. When did you start thinking about this would be the perfect way for me? Do you remember? Well, I knew right away. When, you know, after I lost last year, I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and honestly, like they called me right away, you know, hey, what do you think? And I was like, I, I don't know. And then right around November, you know, they were like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was like, so the reality is they called me and said something about maybe Stipe was going to fight Jones. Uh, and I was like, okay, then I'm done. You know, like then, okay, then that's, that's my answer. I'm done. You know, I'm not going to fight again because I was only going to fight Miocic. And uh, then, I don't, you know, they were like, okay, you, do you want to fight anyone else? And I was like, no. And then, and then, they're like, okay, all right, I'll call you back. And then I got a call back, and it was like, well, okay, we'll we'll try to make the uh, Miocic fight for you. And uh, I knew that that was going to be it because I just in my my bo- like in my mind and body, I just don't have that desire to fight anyone else, right? Like I don't, I felt like I could get up and ready for this one, and I didn't know if I could do that for anybody else. So I was like, it'll be Miocic, and Miocic is the champion, and it worked out. So. It was great, you know, but it wasn't like some great plan that I made, I, I came up with, you know, it just, I took some time to figure out what I was going to do. And when I made a decision, I told them what I was going to do. And they, they, they said, okay. Any fear that you're putting too much pressure on yourself? I have to win this one, the retirement, all that stuff. No, no, I have to just compete to the best of my ability. I have to fight like me. Like, that's it. Like last fight, I didn't fight like me. Like I, fought crazy. I fought emotional. I, I did all these things that I shouldn't have done. If I fight like me, then I'll be fine. Like I'm a better fighter than Steve Miocic. You know, like I really do believe that. And if I just give my best and I win, that's the best thing in the world. But if I don't win and I fight to my potential, I could be okay. I mean, it'll bother me. I'm the most competitive person in the world. It'll sit with me for the rest of my life and it'll burn at me. But I'll be okay with dealing with it because I did everything the right way going into the fight. Um, I just, I just believe that I'm going to win the fight Saturday. Like, I I don't know how to explain it. I have this feeling inside of my body that I'm going to win this fight and I'm going to win the fight going away. Uh, Two last things. I I know that you always like to have big groups, massive groups with you, right? The whole crew, the whole family. This time's a little different, right? Yes, it Um, is. I I don't think your kids are going to be there. I think your wife is staying home, right? Because she's pregnant. Smart move. Uh, how do you feel about that, kind of being solo here? You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, it was hard saying bye to my children and my wife on Sunday. That's tough. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all, but it's the reality of the situation, you know. But I'm surrounded by my army. You know, we're an army. We're going to go out and we're going to represent. Like, that's what we do. We're going to battle. I still got my guys. I got my friends. I got Bunch still. Sean Bunch never misses. I got Deron Wynn. I got Kyle Crutchmer, Nick Piccinini, uh, Tiago, all my coaches. Every one of my coaches are still here. Uh, my cousin Terry still coming on the weekend. Like, 
I'm still, there's still gonna be a lot of people. They're gonna all get together and they're gonna watch the fight. And then when I get done, we're all gonna celebrate together. But yeah, usually there are 60 people in at these fights for me, but that's not the world we live in today. You know, so uh, that's different, but it's okay. It's just, this is my mission. You know, this is, this is for me to go accomplish. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm not, I'm not saying this is better, but I remember when I first met you at the Apple store on the phone as you were preparing for your Strike Force Challengers fight against Gary Frazier, you didn't have any of that, right? You were a guy sleeping on the floor at Bob Cook's house. So in yeah. a weird way, it's almost symbolic how it's come full circle. Full You're alone circle. now again, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not alone all week, but in that octagon, it's me and my coaches. It, and I would not want to be surrounded by four better guys. You know, Ro, Bob, Hav, and Leandro. Those are my guys. Bob and Hav have been there from day one. And uh, it's exciting. In regards to the fight, like I was telling you earlier, I respect Stipe and those guys, but, you know, the fight was, was a good fight, but you got to remember, I, I won the vast majority of that fight, and um, he made an adjustment, Ariel. He made an adjustment that won him the fight, but the reality is you only get to make that adjustment one time. You only get to do that once. You don't get to that, – that going to the body like that is not going to be available because – you have to go fix that as a competitor. And that's what I did. So that adjustment was great, but you only get to do that once. You don't get to go in and get beat up for 15 minutes again and then make that same adjustment. That happens one time. And uh, that won't be available because you go fix that. And that's what I've done. And uh, when trying to fix that, I've, I've seen some obvious opportunities for me also. How much you expect to wait Friday? You know, I'm hoping to be like 240. I want to be a little bit heavier than last time. 240, 242, somewhere in that range. I'd like to be about that. I don't, I don't care what he weighs. I don't care if he's small. I just feel like I fight my best when I'm around there. I, I just feel like um, I was able to get stronger during the training camp, be able to do some things that I hadn't done before because, you know, I wasn't 100% uh, ready to fight. Last thing, um, people have been on this journey with you from the beginning in this particular camp, you know, doing the show every week. Fans have kind of watched the evolution when you were, you know, bigger. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say to the people who have been, uh, who have been there from the beginning, from the journey, from the start, the whole yeah. thing. You know, when I think about this whole thing, you know, I came here with, as a wrestler who didn't get to compete in the Olympics because he didn't cut his weight right. So there wasn't much value in Daniel Cormier's name coming from wrestling, mixed martial arts. But when I came to this sport, this, this whole new world, um, People embrace me, you know, as the portly guy that could fight and would just give it his all. And I appreciated every bit of that to my managers, Bob and Dwayne, uh, to my coaches, Javier, Rosendo, Leandro, uh, Rudy, Chris, the old guys, Weetzi, rest in peace, uh, Dave Camarillo, Javi, rest in peace, like all the guys, Teddy, that is now a cut man for the UFC, all the guys that have taken – an interest in my career. I appreciate you guys. And I love you to my teammates. Um, you guys have given me every uh, bit of yourselves. Kane and Luke, you stand out above anyone else because we did this thing together and we went to the moon, you know, all three of us got to stand at the pinnacle of our sport. And I love you guys for taking me on the journey with you. Uh, everybody else in my gym. Thank you guys for loving and caring for me the way that you did. Uh, Joanna, I, I want to thank Joanna because she worked so hard in the gym. I want to thank Cassandra for all the times and, uh, that she's put up with me. Heidi Siebert, who used to work in that role before. Uh, 
my family who have been so supportive. I, I love them. Uh, the sacrifices that Selena and the kids have had to make are second to none. And then for the fans, I love you guys. Like, I know I can get a bit much at times. I can be annoying. I can be a bit clunky. There are a lot of things that come with Daniel Cormier, but the reality is I love each and every one of you, and I appreciate you guys and the support. From the cheers to the booze, it was worth it, man. It was warranted. I love it. I love every bit of it. And on Saturday night, I go and have one more of those shining moments. And Ariel, thank you for covering me from day one. You know, I've, I've had to do interviews, and I've had to tell guys over and over how I appreciate all that they've done because the media have, has done a great job of, of profiling me and, and putting an idea of me out there that at times I think is even too big. I think sometimes you guys make me look too good, you know, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. The UFC, uh, Dana White, um, Strike Force, you know, everybody. It's Scott Coker, it's been, it's been tremendous. It's been a journey that I never could have imagined going on in. And I can't wait till Saturday to go out there and do it again. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. To play the number one bracket game presented by Allstate. There he is, the teammate from 2008, Funky Ben. What's up, Ben? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good just sitting here doing the show and about to pass it off to the man. Don't be too good now, Astrid. I mean, don't be too good. Don't be too good, Astrid. I might lose the show. Hey, I was thinking back, Daniel, I don't think I've ever given you advice in my life. And, you know, as I thought back through, your MMA career and my MMA career. I remember there was a one time in 2009. I don't think you had a fight. I don't think I'd fought for Bellator. And, uh, you know, I stopped down to San Jose. And we're in the gym. And you said, hey, Ben, listen. Uh, you know, there's this fat guy. I'm going to let you go with him. So, I, you know, I beat this dude up for a round. So, usually I beat him up. <laughs> and then I was going with John Fitch, who at the time was very good. And, you know, I was standing up there striking. And I remember you standing, standing up there. Hey, Ben. Dumbass, why aren't, why aren't you taking him down? And I, well, I thought the point was to, you know, work on my striking. And he goes, nah, nah, just, just take him down, Ben. You're good at that. So I just want to remind you, you are world-class. You are a United States world team member six years straight. You can take this man down anytime you want on Saturday night, just in case you forgot. Ben, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Listen, trust me, Ben, Big Ben, I do intend to go take him down much more because I'm just going to – it, the longer I can extend the wrestling sequences, the better off I'll be for it, right? If it's one yes. shot, one sprawl, sure, he can defend that. But if it's a shot, a reattack, if I'm putting him in mm -hmm. scrambles, I will always win that over Steve Amiocha. So I intend on putting him in all those positions this weekend. You're the Absolutely. man, Ben. My man. Ariel, thank you, you guys. Ben, enjoy the show. Have fun. The guys are great. Sean, Troy, Jake, I'll see you guys next week or in a couple weeks. We'll figure it out. But I'll talk to you guys later. Because guess what? The champ makes the rules. The champ makes the rules, baby. <laughs> and after Saturday, I'm the champ. I'll see you guys later. Bye. See you, DC. Good luck to you. There he is, Daniel you, Cormier, who uh, is fighting on Saturday. So now Ben Askren gets tagged in to help us out here. Ben, thank you for doing this. You're uh, in trouble, Errol. You, you've, been, you know, you've been coming at me on Twitter for a few weeks here. I get you face-to-face -face finally. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
Well, we'll the good this. the good news is um uh they they asked me for like my top five choices. None of those people were available, so luckily you were available to uh, fill in for Daniel. So I appreciate the Dang. time. Let's uh let okay let's get into this past Saturday. Um, you were tweeting a lot about Derek Lewis. Yeah, uh, and it sounds like you were even offering him like like I don't know some some advice like. Could you train? Yeah. Are you interested in training Derek Lewis? Because it seemed like in the in the first round there at the end of yeah. that fight against Alexi Olenek, eventually he won, of course. In the second, uh, you weren't all that impressed with his grappling. No. So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't really have an interest in, like, training. I'm not going to go to Houston and train him full-time or anything, right? But he's really, really good. And I literally think, like, I could help him with, say, like, three or four positions, and he would be, like, three times as hard to take down. And listen, if they can't take him down at heavyweight, he, he's a problem for most people in that division. Do you think that if he fights, say, a Curtis Blades, yeah. who afterwards he said he was somewhat interested in Blades, been asking to fight him, who is very good on the ground, mm-hmm. this iteration of Derek Lewis can stand with him? Can, uh, not stand, like as in stand and trade, yeah, like yeah. can hang with him? Or do you think he has a long way to go and he can hang with a guy like Curtis Blades? Um, yeah, I mean, Curtis Blades is very proficient with the takedowns, obviously, right? So... He would need to definitely sure up some holes in the game uh, uh, that he gives up. You know, for example, like the head outside where the guys dump him. Um, that happened a couple times against Olenek. It was off the half guard sweep. Daniel used it against Derek Lewis when he fought him at MSG. So, you know, it, just a few positions like that. Like, I don't think he's already a really good athlete. He obviously knows how to fight. It wouldn't be that hard to just shore up a couple positions. And all of a sudden, he's way harder to take down. That finishing sequence at the end of the first round, how much does that hurt? Like he said he couldn't breathe. And, yeah. he was, and, and we all know how strong Olenek is, right? Yes. What he could do. How much do you think that hurt? Well, I, you know, I always thought that was fake news and there was no way you could choke someone out with that. And then I was training at Evolve in Singapore and the coach at the time was Greco-Olympian Heath Sims, right? Who was at Team Quest for a while. And he told me, we'll just do this little adjustment. The adjustment is you slide a little bit lower. And, you know, wrestling, you're trying to pin the shoulders so you stay up higher. He said, slide a little lower and you really lean back on it. You know, I started tapping people out with it. Like, I thought it was fake news, but I, he convinced me to use it. And I started getting people in practice with it. That, that moment after the fight when he's doing the post-fight interview and he says that he has to go to the bathroom. Honestly, see, I love Derek Lewis, but I think he, I think he planned that. I think he knew. And, we did, and it was great. But I yes. think he knew that he was on air. What do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll go coin flip. I'll go 50-50 on that. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a possibility that he knew and he was just being funny. He's funny because did you see that little Instagram video he did where he, uh, he kept calling yes. Alexi Alexis? <laughs> he spit on his food. <laughs> he, he kept saying, I got her food or something. Yes, and then I think, and then he spit on it. Supposedly it was his food. But I, not to take away from him, but I do yeah. think that uh, – that he knew that he was on air. It was still great. So no, if that's it was an era, but that's how's that taken away from him? I think that that that's a credit to him sure. being crafty because you know there's there's guys like you who maybe you know maybe you're smart enough to see behind the curtain, but there's a whole bunch of marks, right? Probably like ninety eight percent of them are marks who they think that this man really admitted he had to take a shit on air. By the way, speaking of marks, I don't know why I just thought of this now, but you made me think of wrestling. What about the the passing of Kamala Harris? Not Kamala Harris, God, James Harris. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> James <laughs> Harris, Kamala. It is crazy that I never even put two and two together there. Kamala, the Ugandan giant, yes. a.k.a. James Harris. Boy, did I screw that one up. Did yeah, you hear that news? It's close up. Uh, you know what? I watched a little bit of WWE, and I You weren't a big fan him. back in the day? 
A little bit. Not, not huge. Not like you. I know Daniel's a big WWE wow. fan. I was a little bit of a fan. I'm shocked. I thought yeah. that you grew, you didn't watch like AW. I feel like that was like right Mm-mm. up. No? You're a little older than me. How old are you? 36. I'm 38. Not that much. Yeah, older. a couple years. But you, you didn't watch like Hulk Hogan in the 80s? You didn't watch- I, like, I watched a little bit. Like I was like, you know, if it was on TV, I'd watch it, but I wasn't like going to events or I wasn't following all the stuff. And, you know, maybe if one of my friends got like, uh, you know, a SummerSlam or something, I'd go watch it. But no, not, not hardcore. Oh my gosh. I'm blown yeah. away. Just because you, you, you get the promotion side of things. Yeah. You, I don't, I, I'm, I'm shocked by that. Later in life, did you watch it? Yeah. Well, so I actually became, I, I wouldn't say I watched it, but I became more of a fan of like, you know, you talk about it. Chael talks about it. Yeah. Um, and just you know they get the show business i, I always talk about this in r- real wrestling Errol. it's like okay listen one of these is wrestling was wrestling if you go like say like 80 years back 100 years right. back wrestling was wrestling they diverged because one group wanted to make it a little more exciting and so even if you go to like the 1950s 60s it was like kind of real wrestling but not really a little bit scripted and then it got more and more scripted as it goes on Obviously, WWE is significantly more popular than real wrestling, and it's and it, it's scripted results. It's fake, right? It's not real. And so, like, yes, there is a lot to be learned from them. And you know, most real wrestling people kind of scoff at them, but I think there's a lot to be learned. Mm. I still can't believe I said Kamala Harris, but you understand why I did, though, right? Because the guy's real I, I name is yeah. James Harris. His last name was Harris. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh my sense. god, I really botched that. I'm nervous in front of you. What can I say, Ben? Um, all right. So Derek Lewis, he's in the picture. I think you know. Uh, this is not something that we talked about with DC. I asked him about the, the pressure. I think there's almost zero pressure on Stipe's shoulders going into this fight. And I'll explain why, why with heavyweight division. Okay, DC's p- saying, you know, retire. He wants to retire. He wants to set, set off into the sunset with the belt and all that stuff. Yes. If Stipe loses, there's a very good chance they just do Francis versus Stipe for the vacant title. So he'll so get I, another crack at the belt. I, I was thinking, here, here, okay. here's how I think the matchups go. Because I, I was thinking about this. I don't think they'd throw Stipe back in there when he lost because he's he's been kind of difficult to deal with and you mm-hmm. know how the ufc likes to deal with people who are difficult to deal with right yeah so here's what here's what i think they do you ready for my stupid idea okay if dc wins and says i'm out which i think that's what's gonna that's probably my likelihood of happening i think they go Derek lewis and ganu although the first fight was bad and curtis blades miocic that's what mm. i think they do i would even be open it to it being like a grand prix where the winner faces the winner for the title but i think you know, they want Nganu. They'd probably prefer him to have the belt. Um, so they put him with the guy he's most likely to beat. Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't hate that. And then also, uh, to your previous point, uh, Curtis has been, you know, ruffling some feathers as of late as well. Yeah. So you put the two malcontents together for, yes. the, uh, <laughs> for the top contender spot. And you put Derek and, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I think a lot of people would scoff at the idea of Derek fighting Francis. I don't hate that idea. I think that that fight was just a weird anomaly. I think Francis yeah. was coming off the loss. He was a little bit, you know, um, gun shy. You have Derek who had a bad back who, you know, could hardly mm-hmm. move that day. I think that second fight goes dramatically different than the first. Yeah. And, and they're both guys, regardless of the fact that the first fight didn't go that well, you kind of just skip that, right, in the, in the promotion. Yeah. They're both guys who you want to watch, K- kind of for different reasons, right? Like Derek Lewis, I want him to get the microphone because I know he's going to say something funny, whether he's planning it or not, to your point. I want to hear what the man's got to say. I'm going to listen to Derek Lewis. Francis Ngannou, um, you know, like the last fight, it was kind of some wild haymaker punches, but when he lands, it lands hard. So, yeah. Listen, I'm going to watch him because he can put people out like that. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the co-main now. Chris Weidman mm-hmm. wins. He beats Omari Akhmedov. Uh, first win in three years. 
had lost five of six going into this fight, mm-hmm. back down to 185. Can I just say something? I feel like Chris Weidman got a lot of crap after this fight. People say he wasn't impressive. Omari's a really tough guy, yes. unbeaten in his last six. And at the end of the day, is there anything wrong with just doing what you need to do to win? He won the first round, clearly lost the second, and then dominated the third. What's wrong with that? I don't understand why everyone's so down on Chris's performance. Yeah, well, I would say I think it's because how good he has previously been. And they, me- they measure him versus that versus measuring him versus what he did. Um, I will say, you know, I think after watching that fight, it's pretty obvious that Chris Weidman has lost a step from where he was. But I, I love the grittiness he showed to get it done. Listen, they-, they were both exhausted after round two. It was 1-1. And one of those guys was going to figure out a way to get their hand raised. And Chris did it in, in-, in dominant fashion in the third round. So, Man, um, you know, I don't know how much longer he's got. I think it's clear that he's kind of lost a step from where he was at when he was the champion. Um, but, man, awesome, gritty performance. That was just I'm definitely something to be proud of for Chris. I, I think what added to the, uh, the hate that he received afterwards or maybe the criticism or whatever is what he said. He said, I'm back. And people are like, well, no, you're not yeah. really back, right? Do you think he can make a run at 185 right now? Shoot. Well, you got the rankings up? Uh, well, what are those rankings? Let's be honest. Uh, what he's number, he's number twelve. Yeah, the rankings. No, actually, I mean, to, to he was point. unranked. He was unranked. Chris That's was. Too, yeah, Chris was. Yeah, but Akhmedov was like eleven, right. uh, eleven or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like I said, I I think Chris has lost step. I think it's going to be difficult for him to move up all that high. But I'm I'm gonna get the rankings up here, and um, I, I there's guys on that list that I think he could beat for sure. But is he gonna go with Adesanya or Kelvin? Could Gaston? he beat a Derek Brunson? Yes, I think so. I mean, so then the, then he's still a player. Yeah, I think he's still a player. Is he going to go get the title? I, you know, I would love to see Chris win it again, but that, that's a tough sell for me right now. Okay, so here's the thing. To me, if I were managing him, don't even care about the title. The t- forget about the title. Let's just get a whole bunch of other Omari Ahmedovs. Like, just get wins at this point. Let's get three in a row. Let's get four in a row. And yes. it, that was the one thing I didn't like about what he said afterwards. Forget about the title picture. Forget about being a contender. Forget about all of that. Just go on a little run here. You know what I mean? I at the end, Just get your confidence back. Just get yeah. your mojo back. Now, the one name that I heard people keep talking about afterwards was Luke Rockhold. And then on Sunday night, Luke texts me essentially saying, I'm back, and essentially implying that he wants Weidman again. Now, let me ask you this. Two things. A, what do you think of Luke coming back? He never officially retired, but he yeah. just told me late last year, very possible he's done. Didn't want to close the door, but it sounded like he had a foot out the door. And B, if you're down with him coming back, what do you think of the idea of him rematching Chris Weidman? Okay, so whew, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of questions there. Well, I, I never really figured he was done, right? He never really said, I'm retired. And I just felt like, you know, he's still, he's like my age-ish, but he still feels like he's young. I know he's got a lot of fight left in him. Um, so I did think he was always going to come back. Now, let me, what is Luke's last win at uh, 185? I believe it was the David Branch fight. So it's, it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. So I, th- I think you can match those two up. I think it would provide some excitement. Obviously, they had the title fight. Um, yeah, I, I'm in for that. All right. So I, I just brought up the rankings also at middleweight. You know, I think you could match uh, Weidman with that, maybe an Edmund, right, who just had that bad loss, who was oh number 10. Okay. That's interesting, right? Because if Chris beats him, yeah. you know, you can start bumping him back up. Yeah. If Edmund wins, you can say now he's got a win over a former champion, right? That, that, that win can be valuable to both parties. And I think if you're their promoter, you're looking at like, you know, can I ma- do a matchup where if one of, no matter who wins, I'm going to be able to push someone up. And like that would be a good one for me. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't like the idea of him fighting Rockhold right off the bat. I don't yeah, like I don't that either. at all. I want to build those guys back up. You remember they were supposed to rematch at UFC 199, and I thought that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of a guy losing the title and then especially like via knockout or whatever, and then getting that immediate rematch. I yes. like the idea of building them back up. Obviously, this DC Stipe fight is a little different. It's his retirement fight. I get it. But to me, like I like the Edmund idea, maybe a little more. Just build them back up. I just don't understand all the hate that Rockhold gets. Like I reported this earlier this people morning. People hate Luke Rockhold. Oh, my God. Look at the comments. Why do people I, hate I, Luke <laughs> Rockhold so much? Listen, I, I, you know what? I... Like probably in that trip I was talking about where I worked out with Daniel, I worked out with Luke also. So we developed a kind of a friendship long time ago. And I like the guy. I get along with him. People freaking hate Luke Rockhold. I, he comes off a little bit arrogant. I would say that for sure. Um, you know, I think that's kind of part of his shtick. Or, you know, I don't think it's totally like he just doesn't know that's how he's coming off. I think he tries to attempt to be that way. Good looking guy. He's got a modeling thing going and he's, he's kind of a dick also a little bit. So I think he's got that going for him, but I mean, it's definitely what you want as a fighter. You want people to love you. You want people to hate you. You want to be one or the other. You don't want people to not care. Who wins? If they book that fight, let's say in December, Weidman or Rockhold? Oh God, that's tough. Cause we haven't seen, we haven't seen Rockhold in a long time. I was, he bumped up to light heavyweight to fight Jan Blockowitz. Right. Um, I'm going to go Rockhold in a close one. Wow. Okay. By the way, what's going on with you and your trees in your backyard over there? What was that video? I'm cutting them all down. Why? I'm, build, I'm building a disc golf course. You're still building this? I feel like you've been talking about this for two years. It's 23 holes. You don't know what I was doing with in the beginning. I mean, I probably cut down like 200 trees. You know, then you do the stump grinding. You know, I got some guys out there raking up right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You're like the Lorax guy. You ever see that movie? No. You kill I'm all the trees? a movie guy. People make fun of me because I don't really watch too many movies. Neither am I, but the, you know, the guy who kills all the trees. Like, you're like, why, why do you want to get rid of all these trees? Well, I mostly <laughs> leave the good ones. So, so, you know, here's my, if you want to know about my process, here's what I do. Okay. You know, I kind of look at how the, the land laid out and then I say, okay, this is a really good tree. This is a good one. So, you know, I'm not going to cut the big ass trees down. I'm only going to cut this, the rinky dink ones. So, I, you know, I kind of like, you know, have the fairway going here. And then maybe if I need to cut out like one big tree, I'll do it. But I try to leave the nice big ones up. Why 23 holes? You know what? That's just how it turned out. And I thought I'm not going to be boxed in by the fact that you should have 18 holes, right? That's a typical round of golf or disc golf. Yeah. You know, I started laying it out and I'm like, there should be one more here. There should be one more there. I'm not going to be boxed in by society's norms of 18 holes. No, I, I respect that. Now, like how often will you actually use this? Um, well, I probably would do playing like two to three rounds a week, but oh, wow. a lot of it's, uh, you know, a lot of it's because I've been building, right? So in my spare time, I, I go build it right now. So I do that too. And then secondly, I have, uh, you know, I only have three young kids. So I actually set up a kid's course within the, the course and they, oh my they play that with me so that, you know, we can get out as a family. Who, who do you play with when you're doing the actual course? Uh, there's some friends that disc golf. Wow. Yeah, you know, I couldn't have you. You would if I had you come over. Cool we we play like. the kids' course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Hey, you want to come over and play some disc golf with me? Oh, I mean, I can't imagine. You're just salty because you haven't left your apartment in six months. Apartment? What do you think I am? I live in a house, Ben. I'm a grown man over here. Apartment. I thought you live in New York City. Don't they all have apartments there? <sighs> so much you have to. You know, it'd be nice if you got to know me a little more. Okay. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here, and guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. 
And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Ben, we got to talk about a topic that you know a hell of a lot about. Uh-oh, let's do it. Bellator MMA. Yeah, I, I watched on Friday night. Or, okay, before yeah, we get Friday to Friday night, right? night, let's talk about the big news. Corey Anderson, who was not a free agent, as I take my glasses off, who was not a free agent. <laughs> Is that a dig? Uh, no, this wasn't a dig. I just, what do you I mean? remember, that's how I, retw- I retweeted you. I said, I didn't know he's a free agent because I misread oh. your post. Like no, 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 no. But, no, but, but it's, okay, yes, yes. I did see that. I was going to reply to you and, and uh, you know, correct you, but I felt bad. Dude, I'm doing, I told you I was doing a show. That's what you get for like Bogart I'm down here. And you kept the door open too. It's not Dude, me. get the keys and get out of here. <laughs> what, who is this? Is that your son? Freaking kids, right? I told that's you I'm doing a podcast, like, leave me alone. That's your son? Yeah. Well, how old is your oldest son? I got, I got four kids. Oh, but you just said you had three. Okay, well, how old's the oldest? Oh, uh, he's 20. You have a 20-year-old son? Yeah. I thought that was Chase Hooper. No, that was my kid. You're joking, right? No, no, no. I, 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 I mean, I don't talk about it a lot, but yeah, I, I had a kid when I was in high school. You're kidding. No, I'm, I mean, I don't talk about it because he's obviously out of the house right now. So, you know, he's off at college, but he's home. Yeah. You had a kid when you were in high school? How old were you? 16. Is this awkward right now? No, it's fine. I mean, he just walked into our show, so I kind of feel like it's fair game. Yeah, I mean, what the, dude, <laughs> listen, Errol, you got kids too. You know, sometimes they don't freaking listen. They're, they're annoying, right? But not when they're 20. Listen, 20, listen, he's home from college. He's a pain in the butt. And, uh, you know, he just uh, walked in on the show. I guess I did, technically, I did leave the door open accidentally. I didn't lock it. Is he a wrestler? Uh, he wrestled a little bit. What does he do? He's in college. Well, like, what does he want to do? Uh, I think he wants to be an engineer. Okay, so no, no wrestling, no athletics. Um, he, he wrestled a little bit. He, ne- he never got all that much into it. He throws a little bit of disc golf. Um, yeah, that's about it. Wow, this yeah. is fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, you were 16 when you had your first kid? That's yeah. wild. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and, oh, my God, I have so many questions. And so you have four kids. This yes. is um okay are you guys tight i mean you have a good relationship yeah it's good uh-huh i mean you know obviously he doesn't live here anymore <laughs> sure where does he go to school uh university of madison oh my gosh yeah, this is amazing is this the first time you've ever talked about this publicly yeah why why have you kept uh, it under wraps it just it just never came up <laughs> what do you mean you just casually mentioned before you had three young kids well, yeah, we were talking about the kids' course, so I thought that was relevant right. to the kids' course. You did, know, I need, yeah, I guess. I did you ever go to any of your that. fights? What? Did you ever go to any of your fights? No, I didn't really take any of my kids to any of my fights. Um, I don't know. It was just like my wife and I wanted to go. I always, I always feel like I want to keep my kids away from fighting. Fighting's a dirty business, man. It is. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you I know, just, right? I know. Trust me. No one knows better than me. Uh, wow. 16 years old. You, I, I didn't realize you were a gangster like that, Ben. Yeah. I didn't know you rolled like that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, can we right. get back to the show already? Yes. I mean, I'm sorry that my, my son interrupted the show, but can we get back to the show? Sorry. Corey Anderson asked to yes. be released and signed with Bellator like 12 hours later. What do you make of this move? Well, there had to be something go- going on behind the scenes, obviously, right? Um, you're not going to ask to be released and have somewhere else to go in 12 hours. Sure. Uh, Are you surprised the UFC released them? Totally surprised. Yeah. Coming I off mean, a like, loss. Think about, think about the aerial. UFC has not released almost anybody, you know? And so Corey, and let alone a top five guy. I Me, mean, he's a top five guy. I know maybe they think he's not a huge draw. 
and maybe they think he's been a little bit hard to deal with. But, I mean, why wouldn't you just keep him, right? Uh, top, top four fighter right now, according yes. to the rankings, coming off a knockout loss to Jan. Maybe another guy who's been a little bit outspoken, yeah, right? Been, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, maybe they felt, all right, you want out? I, I'm, you know, but I they, give usually, they usually ice those guys, Errol. Yeah, yeah. They usually give them tough fights or, or make them wait a long time or don't promote them, put them on the undercard. You know, there's been a lot of ways historically the UFC has dealt with guys who are hard to deal with. Releasing them is not usually one of them. But the other thing, Ray Borg, Ray Borg was also released this week, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe it's one of those things where they feel like they're going to get themselves in trouble by not fulfilling obligations. Uh, that's, I mean, that was my only thought. I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that, uh, look, I'll give credit where credit's due. I think his manager, Ali Abdelaziz, has a great relationship with UFC, and he got it done. I think we got to give him credit for that one because I don't know yeah. if a lot of other managers can get that done. Uh, I think Corey's happy, and uh, DC's been glowing about him. DC, yeah. DC's been training with him for this? Yep, yep, I saw that. Yeah, and he said, like, this guy's way better than we think he is. So my question is, all right, fresh coat of paint, new spot, seems happy. Could he beat Ryan Bader? Is he that good? Or do you think he's a, a notch below him? Like, I think it's a good... Yeah. I actually think this is a good move for everyone involved. Yes. He wasn't, like, moving the needle for UFC. He wasn't you know, your typical, like, draw mm-hmm. headliner. He wants out. He's getting a huge pay raise, from what I understand. Yeah, huge pay raise. Bellator, he, was still, he was still on that damn tough contract. Yes. And Bellator is saying, hey, we just got a top four UFC guy. Like, you can't yes. deny that. He had one four in a row. He beat Johnny Walker, beat Glover Teixeira. We've got... Clearly, 205 is their weakest division. Yes. So we've got a potential guy. I actually feel like everyone wins here. Everyone wins. This is, I was just talking about this yesterday with my other podcast host, who, which you would not like me to mention. Wait, wait. Uh, Stop pretending like I, first of all, the greatest it, mind in is, the business for our is it a podcast? Is it a podcast when it's just two people talking and no one listens? Like, that's just a phone all right. call. A lot of people listen. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, like, I think MMA promotions need to learn from this a little bit, Errol. Like with my trade with Demetrius Johnson, that was beneficial to both parties. That was great for one championship. It was great for the UFC. And, you know, like a Michael Chandler, another guy I think maybe we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yep. Who else is he going to fight in Bellator? He's fought them all. There's no one else that's really that exciting. Now you throw him in the UFC, you throw him in one championship. Now there's, you know, there's some other exciting fights for him. But, you know, I always feel like when people stick around one promotion and they've generally fought almost everybody, you know, trading them like i think i would love it if the mma promotions did more trades i thought that was really cool i think the fans would love it like you know uh let me think who would be someone really good that you'd love to see in belt or you know like a dustin poirier or someone at 170 right can they go uh colby right colby's he's complaining get rid of his ass can he go beat douglas lima and andre koreshkov and michael page that'd be how about colby for dylan dennis <laughs> yeah, do that one first. Do that one first. Wouldn't that be fun? Are you going to fight Dylan Dennis? Is this happening? Dude, I'm, I'm literally getting... Okay, so first of all, this idiot. I'm under contract with UFC. He's under contract with Bellator. I'm getting a new hip in 22 days from now. Okay. I'm literally going under the knife, so I'll be out for a year. I don't... And I'm officially retired. I don't really have any plans of coming back. Um, so, no, I think it's highly unlikely. This jabroni needs, just needs to fight someone with a winning record. I mean, he's literally never fought anyone with a winning record. He's like this dope AJ Argazum, or whatever his damn name is, who, who can't beat anyone who's halfway average. Ben, can I be honest with you right now? Yes. I think you with the bad hip schools Dylan Dennis. Well, probably. I mean, I do, I, I'm like disabled right now. That's how oh, bad really? it is. But yes, I think I school him. He, he's terrible. 
Uh, he's literally never beaten anyone with a winning record. Like, do you on, appreciate dude. the shtick though? He gets. I interviewed he him last week. Mad. Yeah. Everyone is texting me. Why are you interviewing? Him? I'm like the guy. You know, he's just a troll. He is who he yeah. is. Why do you well, let him bother you? You know, the other thing, Ariel, that I'm sure you could probably speak to this, but I, you know, in the wrestling community, we have some issues because there's a few people who just you put them on camera. They're like a flipping magnet. Like people watch them. So for you, it's like, for whatever reason it is, Dylan Dance probably does better ratings than almost anyone, even really, really highly ranked people that you would bring on. So yeah, it doesn't hurt to have Dylan on once in a while. Like you put on people who people want to watch. Like that is the whole point of media. Right. So, so did you see him say that he wanted to fight you? No, I ignore that dude. I don't listen to that dude. Come on. Come on. What's I saw people tweeting me about it and yeah. I, I made a tweet like, uh, you know, the, the, the dog who just keeps barking and never bites, it just it gets annoying as shit, and so everyone starts ignoring him. <laughs> What's his beef with you, though? Like, where does this stem from? It, listen, it's because I'm popular, and uh, he probably wants to fight me because, you know, I, I have, like, taunted him a few times, but I think okay. I don't know what else it is besides that. Okay, let's go back to Chandler now. Yes. Uh, he where wins. does he end up? Tell me. Where's your where, gun to your I, head? I, listen, here's the thing. Chandler gets paid a lot by Bellator, right? I think so. I, th- I know so. He, 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 and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I would suggest he deserves even more, but you know, yeah. MMA standards. Um, I think he's reached the end of the road with them. I think he's been there forever. He was the face of the organization. Yes. He was a, a multiple time champion. He fought mm-hmm. the Pipple brothers a gazillion times. Like how many more yes. fights can you do with these guys? There's yeah, no, I agree fresh, to me. And I, I'm not advocating this because I think, oh, the competition better, whatever. I just want to see him fight. Uh, a Charles Oliveira, a Dustin Poirier, a Paul Felder. You know, I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see Michael Chandler. I think it would be a shame if he never dipped his toe in the UFC water once. Uh, they tried to talk, from what I understand, beforehand. Yeah. They couldn't come to terms, so he's going to test free agency. I would advocate for him to leave. Yeah, I, I so I would agree. I mean, the, the obvious, the one, the one fight and one championships that, that I think is interesting would be Eddie Alvarez. They could do the trilogy. Both their first fights were really outstanding. Um, and, you know, Michael's came to a point in his life, and, you know, actually I was texting with him yesterday, but we didn't have this conversation. But if he asked me, we would. Where he's come to the point that he has to decide what he wants to do in life. Um, you know, the UFC, he's going to go try to be the best in the world, right? And he probably could do that. Um, or he could, you know, he's 34, he could go make some more money and probably have a little longer lifespan with one championship. Um, and, you know, figure out what you want to do and then go there. So the thing is, with one championship, they'll probably overpay, although they haven't been as active these days. If the UFC can get him what he was making in Bellator or even a little more, and let's be honest, winning his last Bellator fight gives him a lot of leverage and momentum, right? There's there's like a gazillion options. Okay, fine. The one Eddie fight out there, great. And then what? Like what else is there, right? There's so many interesting fights for him, and I still feel like he could be a player, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that he – could he hang? I know this might be an awkward question to ask you, your friends and teammates with him, Missouri, all that stuff. But can he he hang with the Habibs, uh, Gaethje's, Ferguson's, Conor McGregor? Can he hang with those guys? Yeah, I I would say – I, I don't know that's a guarantee, but I would say, yeah, there, there's a strong possibility of that. I mean, so, you know, one thing he's shown, he is hits really hard, right? He puts people down. That, that always bodes well. Number two, he's a pretty good wrestler. He doesn't get taken down very well or very often. He doesn't get control of the ground. He gets takedowns when he wants. And when you, when you put those things together, yeah, that, that bodes really well. You know, I would say the one maybe weakness that Michael's shown is he, he is a little too vulnerable to getting hit sometimes. 
And, you know, I, I think he's been working on his defense a lot with his new gym that he's been at. So, um, yeah, I think he can go with anyone. And I think that'll be really interesting to see. Okay. Ultimately, where do you think he goes? Does he stay? Does he go to UFC? Does he go to UFC. one? That's do you think guess. so? Yeah, for you sure. Think they, 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 they are interested in him. Yeah, I guess they just, it would just come down to, I would bet, like you're saying with the pay, that they're going to try to drive a harder bargain. Mm. Um, I would think the UFC is, you know, I, I guess I don't know for sure what their financial standing is, but obviously with the pandemic and them having to cancel shows for two and a half months, I would think they're a little tighter on the budget strings than they have been historically. So I think they're probably trying to drive a hard bargain. And is, is he going to maybe sign for a little less and he can get somewhere else? Is this the type of situation where you put in a call to, to Dana and say, hey, man, you know, this is a good guy. You should sign him. I don't him, talk to Dana. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put in a good word? I, I talked to Hunter. I would, I would maybe text <laughs> Hunter. I'd actually probably just wait till someone wants my opinion. If they want my opinion, I will tell you how I feel about it. you go out of your him. way? Be a little proactive. If Michael asked me to say, hey, could you be proactive and could you talk to Chatri or talk to Hunter? I would, yeah, I would do that for sure. Who's the better at this particular sport? Who's better at this particular sport? You at disc golf? Or Jorge Masvidal at Cornhole? I didn't watch him at Cornhole. Come on. Is it, is it, I thought this was just some gimmick where, you know, they want someone with a large Twitter following or something to go do their sport. So it got um, some interest. You didn't watch any of it? No clips? No nothing? Nothing. So is, you, but is, is he actually good at Cornhole? No, he's not. He got what? Oh, well then, yeah. I'm with, <laughs> I, I, was, I was freaking second amateur nationals. Come on, bro. Uh, uh, have you ever cornholed? Uh, I mean, probably like 10 times. Sure. You think yeah. you could beat him at that? Uh, most likely. If he's this, bad. What's that? If he's bad at it, I don't see why not. Is this something you'd be interested in pursuing? A, cor- a cornhole <laughs> career? No. <laughs> no, you versus Masvidal, the rematch. I mean, if someone paid me, I'll have him play cornhole with him. I don't give a damn. Yeah, it's cornhole. <laughs> All right. I'm just cur- I was just trying to, set- I was trying to set up a scenario where you get, you know, you get revenge. What, what is it goes to the American Cornhole League or something, ACL? I think that would be big business. <laughs> you know what game I love, Ariel? I love Frisbee games. So there's, okay. I'm going to give you two games I love. There's Can Jam. You know what Can Jam is? You ever hear that? No. It's like, the, it's like a barrel and there's a slot, right? And so you throw the, it's you and a partner. So you throw it. If you make it in, if you make it in the top, you get some points. If you make it in the slot, you win. If you make it, if you throw it and then your partner hits it in there, you get a little less points. I can't remember what the exact number is. That game, I, I would, I would, Masvidal, I'd shut him out in that one. Wow. Uh, what is it? Ganji? Can jam. Can jam. Okay. Yeah, like so jam you're issuing the, the challenge right now. Masvidal, Askren 2, and can jam. And then the other ones where they set the beer bottle on top of the steak and you got to hit it with a, a Frisbee, that's a good one too. What's that called? I don't called? remember the name. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds What's like your favorite great- game? Uh, I, I mean, I like the fight sports, you know. I kinda, no, no, you know. like to go do, like you oh, know, fight people. Um, uh, basketball, I love playing basketball. You do? Yeah, that's my thing. Okay. I don't know if you know and this. Do you but... get to get out anymore? Because oh, I know you love covering. Do you get to play anymore or are you stuck in your house? No, I go out and about. Come on. Don't believe everything you read in the press. Now, let me ask you about uh, okay. Tyron Woodley versus Colby yes. Covington. Uh, it looks like this is going to happen in September. Looks like it. It's awesome. How do you feel about it? Too late? Good. Is it two years too late? I mean, yeah, it would obviously would have been more ideal, but everyone everyone loves a good feud, right? Those those don't age. There's there's some feuds, Daryl. You could say the dudes are fifty years old and you'd still watch them fight because you know they hate each other. Right. I mean, so I, I don't think that ages. They hate each other. Um, Colby's a scumbag. Everyone wants to see Colby get punched in the face. Hopefully, Tyron does it really hard. 
uh, do you feel like Tyron is taking this fight too soon? After um, what happened in, in late, no, late I, you know, actually I think, you know, I mean, my advice to Tyron is that, you know, he, he's been a little too calculated to just say F it like, hmm. right. I mean, it's like someone showed up at your house and wanted to fight you like, and they were threatening your family. You go fight them. You wouldn't think about training or anything else. You just go fight the person, right. Not think too much about it. Like, I think that's, that's what he is doing. And that that's, that's good. That's interesting. A little too, like, just, just let the good times roll. Yes. He's up a little bit. Absolutely. You think he wins? Yeah, I, I, I mean, they tra- <laughs> I love asking they, you if you they've think your friends together. are They've trained together for sure. Um, you know, Tyron used – and that was kind of one of the gripes is Tyron used to pay Colby to be a training partner. You know this, right? Used to pay Colby – I guess I didn't know it in that respect. Yeah. I mean, I thought yeah. they were in the same room. No, no, he used to pay Colby to come up to St. Louis to be a training partner, and Colby was just a, a dirtbag. <laughs> and so then, you know, it stopped happening. I think Colby stiffed uh, – Tyron's boxing coach, you know, he's trying to extra lessons. This is something that kind of like, I think Masvidal said the same thing. Colby's just not a good person. I mean, that's pretty out there, right? That's not a secret. So, yeah, so it, it ended. And then, you know, Tyron just has, has thought very lowly of him ever since. Okay, let's round third here. Uh, Steep ADC, obviously you're going to go with your guy. Yes. How does he do it? Um, I, I think he goes to, you know, he, he's obviously winning the early fight. I think if he just mixes, like I said, if he mixes in a few takedowns, he doesn't have to just wrestle him, right? But to go along with the striking, he mixes in a couple of takedowns. I think that's how he gets it done. I think if he gets on top, he's going to pound him when he's on top, right? I mean, Steve is not great off of his back, and DC is very, very dominant on top. Um, so I think just mixing in a few takedowns with the strikes. Just, just get the W, right? At this yes. point, like, who cares? Go out on top. I mean, honestly, he has – there's obviously the John Jones asterisk next to his name, but – you can make a very convincing argument if he wins this fight that he's the GOAT. Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera. Yeah, that's, my, uh, that's one of my other sons. <laughs> Estranged. Are, are you an O'Malley beefing? Uh, you-, you know what? You know, it's really funny because, uh, yeah, he, he's, like, uh, he's like a teenage son that's just too cool for his dad. Wow. I mean, I, I was going to say you wouldn't know, but I found out 30 minutes ago you would know. What? About the experience of having a teenage son yeah. who's for his dad. I mean, yeah, that, I was Chase, only... that was Chase Hooper, Harold. I prayed to you. This whole time? Get out of here. Was that really? Uh, yeah. You're joking. I'm not joking. That was really Chase Hooper? Yes. No way. Yeah. Uh, okay. When I get done with the show, I'll go. I'll, we'll Bring go him back. Are you serious? Uh, I'm in my ba- I don't know where he went. Yeah, I'm in my basement. What is he doing at your house? We wanted to film some funny. We wanted to film some funny. Uh, we're doing some funny little clips. And, um, but I, so we said no social media because I'm going to prank Ariel on Monday. So we're not going to do any social media until what? after I prank Ariel. That was Chase Hooper? Yes. We spent like 10 minutes on that whole bit. <laughs> I know. I can't like, believe you fell for it. He had a UFC shirt on. I know. I thought you gave it to him. I thought it was like a son. <laughs> you had a son when you were 16. <laughs> Are you serious? That was really Chase. I have horrible. You know, I'm going to the eye doctor tomorrow because I think my eyes are totally messed up. That was Chase Hooper. Yes. We rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. So wait, <laughs> you and Chase Hooper actually got together? Yeah. Even even though he like kind of clapped back at you? Oh yeah. I mean, too. I'm taking things seriously. How did this happen? Um. Well, so you know, Luis Pena wanted to come too, and then he he was just so flaky. He was telling me he's got tattoo problems and girl problems and. You know, I was going to do a whole funky family, sk- you know, a few skits, right? The internet, the internet likes funny stuff. So is he training with you? 
Uh, he, I mean, he's done a couple of workouts. He, he's only here for like two, two and a half days. Got yeah. in on Saturday. He leaves today. Where's he staying? At my house. What? This I got a nice crazy. guest suite in the basement. I mean, it's like he's got his own space, bathroom, bedroom, everything. You cornering Chase Hooper or guiding Chase Hooper to the next? This is a this is a this is a match made in heaven. This is a promotion's dream. <laughs> well, I don't I'm, I don't know. I mean, he's done like he did a workout with my club, uh, and I coached him one of the time. So um, yeah, I mean, it's uh like I'm not like, coaching him full time, but I mean, it's giving is him a this true, or are you just trying to not? You don't want the story of you having a kid at 16 to get out. No, I mean, I'll put, I'm going to post the picture. I did not have a kid at 16. I was, uh, I, I was not partaking in those activities yet at 16, Ariel. I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't think you were that kind, but I was like, you know, I yeah. don't want to cast any aspersions. You got me. Well done. <laughs> well done. That was, that was a I job love, well done. You know what? My daughter, my seven-year-old is actually really into pranks, and I, and I kind of told her I was going to prank you today, and she was so pumped. So she'll be you so nailed, excited that oh, I, wow. I got it. Okay. Um, Wow. I, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I can't believe we spent 10 minutes on that. Great job. Way, way to stick to the, uh, the prank there. Um, all right. Well, UFC 252. I don't even know where I was. Oh, wait. We is O'Malley going O'Malley, my, my other son. Yeah. So listen, Errol. Errol, it's so funny because... Is he coming too? It's so too? funny because he, he act, you know, he like doesn't want to be a part of it, right? So I act like he's the rebellious teenage son. And it's really funny because I asked him to come <laughs> film some skits also. And he just wouldn't respond. So <laughs> it's so amazing. funny. That yes. is amazing. I like that. He is the rebellious teenage son. He's got Absolutely. the tattoos, he's got the hair, all that yep. crazy stuff. Uh, what about JDS, Jarzinho, Rosenstrike? Um, I, you know what? I'm like moderately excited about that. I, I, you know what? I think they're bringing up – let's talk about Sean O'Malley, though. I think they're bringing him up really well. It's something that we don't usually see, right? The UFC bringing people along, I'd say relatively slowly, right? They, they didn't give him a couple big jumps. He's like, what, 13-0 now or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're building a huge following behind him. Um, and I think, I think it's fantastic what they're doing. And I think, you know, if he wins like two more fights, you know, he's kind of already a star a little bit. If he wins like two more fights, I think he's going to be kind of a huge star. I, I know you're excited about Mirab Devalishvili. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you not? Yeah. He's like, he's like a beast on the ground. He's in, the guy from Saralongo. Oh, I don't know him really. Good job. Uh, but we got Iwan Kuchilaba, DC's nemesis. I hope he sees him later on this week. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but DC and Iwan, uh, they kind of have like a, a rival. What, is, he, is, he a, is he a fighter or what is he? Who, Iwan? Yeah. Oh, gosh. What is he? What a mess. Yes, he's is he a, a movie fighter. Star? He's fighting Magomed Ankalaev. I want to play a game with you next time where I name you names of people and you tell me if they're an actual UFC fighter or someone that I made well, up. I know you cover basketball too, so I figured maybe you were talking about that. Uh, by the way, I'm doing a radio show this Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio Coast to Coast. I haven't asked you yet, but thank you for joining me on the show. Uh, right. We'll talk a little more about that, and uh, perhaps we'll hear more from Mr. Funky Ben next week on the program as well as we discuss what happened Saturday night between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic and all the other fighters competing this Saturday at UFC 252. Uh, ben, thank you for joining me. Thank you for fun. tagging in. Thank you for... Uh, filling in and uh thank you for getting me there you uh you and chase i still feel like he's around and i think it's weird that he's not coming back and it's leading me to believe that this is all no, i'm, I'm a little frank is actually I, that I, your I mean, son I, he must be upstairs because i if he was he in doing? the other room he would have heard me so okay he my, my camera guy is here too so my camera guy got it also on video uh-huh. um so he, they're probably upstairs or something okay well well done to both of you uh thanks everyone who uh listened to the show thanks to ancestry modello 
and DraftKings. Thank you very much, DC. Daniel Cormier, good luck to him on Saturday. Can't believe it's actually happening. August 15th, UFC 252. Thanks to TST, Sean, Corporate Jake, everyone who supports the show. We appreciate you all very much. Ben, you're the man. Thanks, Thanks for filling in. Peace. See you. We're out of here.